Okay, time to talk antitussives. So antitussives, these act on your cough control center, which is located in your medulla, to suppress the cough reflux. Reflux? Reflex. Uh, they are used for non-productive and irritating coughs. Now, we would not give an antitussive to somebody who needs to cough in order to control their airway. So if it's somebody who needs to clear that junk out of there, we do not want to provide them with an antitussive. We have both opioid antitussives and non-opioid antitussives. So your opioids include your codeine and your hydrocodone. Your non-opioids include uh, benzonitate, and then here we go, y'all, dextromethorphan, which I like to just say robitussin. So we have to be careful with our opioid, with our codeine and our hydrocodone, if we are working with somebody who has a history of narcotic abuse, right? And we would want to tell them like, hey, are you comfortable taking this because there is a narcotic in this, you know, or there, this is a narcotic, uh, because some people just might be uncomfortable with that in general, right? So our side effects of these, um, you know, it, when we've got hydrocodone and codeine, we have to be careful with respiratory depression. Um, we also, you know, have our dizziness, our drowsiness, our sedation. Um, as always, GI irritation, because, you know, what's a med without a little GI irritation? Uh, nausea, dry mouth, constipation, and then, like we said, that big old respiratory depression. We want to encourage um, increased fluids, um, you know, anytime we have a patient with a cough, really, in general, but with um, um, with these medications, we want to increase fluids. We'd also encourage them to sleep with their head of bed elevated. Um, when they are using a opioid version of an antitussive, we do have to watch because dependency can happen, right, as they become dependent on that. We would be extremely cautious about using the opioid version on this um, with uh, somebody who has a history of brain injury or an impaired central nervous system at all. Um, and then we wouldn't want to give the opioid version of that concurrently with any other medication that is considered a CNS depressant. So some additional client education, this could mask symptoms, right? If you have somebody who is coughing for some underlying um, you know, issue like they have lung cancer and they don't know it. So we would want to say if you've been taking this for, you know, one, two weeks and, and your symptoms are not improving, um, you know, don't just keep taking it forever. Go in, see your doctor, see what's going on. Uh, with the opioid version of this, we would tell them no alcohol while they are using this medication. And then with our, um, our Robitussin versions, because this is very frequently sold in kind of those multi-symptom cold medications, you know, like Tylenol cold and flu, uh, Dayquil, NyQuil, medications like that. We would want to caution about polypharmacy, you know, so of kind of, of, you know, using, oh, I took my Tylenol cold, but I also need a cough medicine. Well, there could very well be cough medicine in that Tylenol cold. So um, we need to keep that in mind. And especially to, um, you know, if you have parents using this medication with uh, with their kids, they would definitely want to be taught about reading the ingredients, looking at exactly what is in that, that medication, and making sure that they are not potentially overdosing their children. Okay, that's all things antitussive. It's not all things. It's a brief, brief antitussive lesson.